Welcome back, everyone, to D&D Outdoors. Today on the show, we will be uh, talking about game cameras, where to place them, and ways to improve your camera picture quality, and how to get that perfect shot. We also will be reviewing the Raptor Razors, knives, and all different kind of combo sets that they have. And then we're just going to wrap the show up with um, myself and Dustin talking about some of the hunts we have coming up with Over the Counter in Arizona coming up, and then what um, other hunts we have going out there in Virginia. D&D Outdoors is brought to you by the Southwestern Outdoorsman. Visit the Southwestern Outdoorsman at www.southwesternoutdoorsman.com. It is also brought to you by Headline Outdoors. Headline Outdoors, visit them online at www.headlineoutdoors.com. So how is your day going today, Dustin? So far, so good. Uh, been smoking a brisket all day, so. What, is it just a regular brisket, like for meat, or do you use any game, or? No, it was just, I had bought a brisket right before this whole pandemic hit, so I figured I might use it. Finally, yeah. How long does it take you to cook it? Uh, I smoked that one for, I believe it was on there for right around six hours, and Ooh. I believe I pulled it too fast on that one. Oh, really? Oh, that's too bad. I mean, it was good, but I, I think I could have let it go a little bit longer. A little bit longer, that's good. Get a little bit more tender. Yeah. So, yeah, today, as we said, we're going to be talking about game cameras. So, Dustin, let's – I mean, you have your trail cam Tuesday that um, your son does. And what what's your experience with game cameras? How do you like setting them up and, you know, along those lines? What type uh, of cameras do you run? To be honest, we've got a hodgepodge of everything. We, we went ahead and did the cheap ones. Uh, I think I broke down and bought one that was – a hundred dollars and a bear got a hold of that one this year. Oh goodness. Uh, and yeah, he apparently didn't like it and he ripped it in half. No, no. That's and not good. Everything else we've had has been with under fifty bucks. Gotcha. We're in so like, you know, especially how I hunt in the desert with my game cameras, you know, I run the same way. I have one cheap camera I run that I put on places where I think people will come, but then when I get way out in the desert I have kind of that more expensive one also, but I mean, so hunting in the forest, you know, how, how do you set up your cameras and you know, what, what, what do you look for in a good placement and, you know, being sure that you have that perfect shot? Well, it's a lot of hours are either over game camp or game trails or the food plots. So it's a couple of them that I'll move around just to see what's moving where, but if you can find a game trail, sit it on the side and point it down the trail. That way you'll get a good shot of it coming up or down the trail. And then over top of your food plots, you can always go back and adjust it to wherever you need it. So on your food plots, you know, do you have it up high in a tree or like facing downwards or is it kind of still at that eye level, lower level? Uh, I'll start out at about waist level over the food plots. And... The, the lower food plot we have, we have a lot of issues with the bear coming in. Uh, they just seem to stay in the lower food plot. So those I will put up seven, eight foot and just angle them down. And how do you mount those? You know, do you have a tree mount you put it in or just kind of find a branch that's facing? Oh, uh, the ones we, we've got in the, the lower plots... They're kind of like a little 
angled back to them anyway. So you can drop the strap down a notch and kind of angle it down a little bit. Or I have put a tree branch at the top of it to kind of wedge it down. Uh, I did just recently pick up some of the screw-in posable arms or whatever for the trail cams. I, I hadn't got any of those out yet. I hadn't tried them yet. So. And you screw it right into the tree? Yeah. And then it, that it screws into the bank of camera. Gotcha. I mean, in Arizona, you know, the biggest problem, especially in the desert, is finding a spot to get your cameras in. You know, like, so what I do, you know, when I run my cameras, like right now, I currently have one way back on our water hole, which is a cow tank. So cows come in every now and then, but we've been getting some good deer on them is I actually have to bring out my own like fence posting and pound that into the ground to set my cameras up um, on that and have it angling the water hole. And then you know, kind of like what you said earlier, we just put them in the bottom of washes and also in uh, tr on trails and just kind of really have to be careful on um, the spacing out of to be sure you aren't getting the tree branches or especially like in Arizona with the cheat grass and everything that's blowing around everywhere to be sure we aren't getting thousands of pictures of just grass on the camera. Do you have that problem a lot or? The upper food plot didn't take this year, and magically, the foxtail I planted last year has grown up to about chest high on me. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, the last time I checked, it, it was like 700 pictures or, or videos or just the grass moving in with the wind. Gotcha. Yeah, that's always the worst, just coming back out to your camera. And, yeah, I did that my first time setting some up in a wash, I thought I had everything clear and there's just one little blade of uh, grass in front of it. And I think I got a thousand pictures of that thing moving. I'm like, looking. I'm like, what is going on here? But I mean, definitely I've gone like this week when I went out and checked my camera this weekend, we got a uh, hawk catching a dove on the camera. So, I mean, it's always fun to see what you get on your cameras. I mean, I'm sure you've got some great pictures and some pretty cool pictures out there. I mean, oh, yeah. what would you say, what would you say were kind of the most, best picture your favorite picture you've gotten so far this year has been uh i've been getting a lot of the, the, the bear a lot this year so far it's, it's a couple small deer running around uh thing i got one picture of some like two nice bucks and that was it this year but it, it's small things excite excite me uh it's one clip that I think I showed you. It was a nice bear came through. And yes. She, she cleared the screen, and then all of a sudden, here come old big boy right there behind her. Right. Yeah, just chasing her around. Yeah, that's how it's kind of been on with me. I mean, it's not the same, obviously, with bear or anything down here in the desert, unfortunately. I mean, if I got a bear on my camera, I'd be like, this bear is a lost. What is it doing down here? But... <laughs> Every now and then, I guess they get bears where I'm at just from to get down because I'm right by a big lake that they come down to the lake. But um, haven't seen one yet on there. Just some deer and cows and then birds coming in. I mean, but I think, you know, really when it comes to, as we said, trying to find where you're going to successfully place your trail cam, you definitely want where there's animal activity. You just can't go throw them out right away and be sure that, you know, you probably won't be successful in that sense. And you want to be sure that the animals are there the opportunity to see the animals will be there yeah you have to find you know a food source a water source a travel corridor or if you can bait them 
drop some corn out there and see what comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish we can't bait here in Arizona, but I mean, if we baited, I mean, I think we would just get all cows eating our food up all day. It'd be there, yeah, helping the farmer out a little bit or the rancher, I mean, out there. But um, we are able to bait up till September 1st. All corn or products like that have to be up. And if we're using minerals, the game board told me you actually have to go in and dig up uh, the, the area that they were in and actually transport the, the dirt out. So you just have a dirt pile in your yard? <laughs> uh, no, I end up taking it back up and just tilling it all back into the food plot. Oh, God. Yeah, that's smart. Help the, um, everything grow there with all those minerals. I mean, I think. That'd be a good one for our next episode. We will be talking, you know, about baiting and food plots. And, you know, Dustin has a lot more experience on that. And he will give you guys some good insight um, for next week's episode on, you know, how to get your food plot ready and be able to get those deer successfully. Um, So we're just going to do a quick word here from one of our sponsors, uh, Anchor.fm, where we recorded this podcast on. And we will be right back. If you would like to record any podcast, definitely use the anchor.fm and head over to get your podcast started. Um, so today, you know, the product feature that we're going to spotlight today is Raptor Razor Blades. I know Dustin has good experience. I believe, you know, you do all your cooking with Raptor Razor, don't you, pretty much, when it comes to cutting everything up? Yes, I do. I, I cut up that brisket tonight with the, uh, the kitchen knife from Raptor Razor. Yes, Raptor Razor, you know, they have hunting, fishing kitchen knives as Dustin said saws I mean anything you need um, when it comes to your hunting experience um, I definitely think they're the best quality blade out there and the best part about raptor razor you don't have to constantly worry about sharpening your knife you know you can skin out a whole elk a whole deer with one blade and you know simply when you're done with that blade you just you know go ahead and throw it out and um, just replace the blade and replacement blades are not very expensive at all with them they're pretty simple, too. I mean, the tool is you take your handle apart and there's your screwdriver to take it apart anyway. Yes. Yeah, they also give you, if you're like me, you like to lose stuff, having those extra screws in there are a lifesaver. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, if yeah, I've skinned out my whole rattlesnake with the Raptor Razor uh, mono knife, and, you know, they come in all different sets. You can just get a regular big game skinner. You get the mono knife, and everything's really easy. Which I would say, you know, to hold at least. Wouldn't you say that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's your, like, average, you know, you've used it definitely a lot more than I have. Um, what is um, your experience, you know, with your cleaning your animals out and field dressing them with um, Raptor Razor? I have yet to change the blade on. Yeah. Uh, couple of deer so far, I, I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah, so I mean that just definitely speaks to the quality of the blade that um that is had with them. I mean, and as I said, you know, you want to go out fishing and they have fishing nights for you. You know, that's probably one of the biggest pains is out fishing. You know, trying to find a quality fishing knife to skin your fish out and uh, fillet it. It just never seems to they never seem to work very well. You know, you go buy a cheap pair at Walmart, which you think is gonna get the job, and then halfway through, you know, that fish is just not not getting cut up how it should be. Yeah, you're losing a whole lot of meat there. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, Raptor blades are definitely, I mean, it's amazing how the blades don't look that sharp, but, I mean, you're going to get cut if you mess up, though, a little bit, but that's with any knife. Yeah. 
It's called a razor for a reason, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, you used a, a big game Skinner and Mono combo, correct? Correct. Yeah, that's what I use also. I mean, the pricing for Raptor Razors, you know, they start at about 25 bucks, and, you know, you can get all the way up to, if you want the complete set, the big game Skinner, the Mono Blade, to $100, and that comes with um, replacement blades and all that. And then, you know, if you want to look at their – kitchen set i mean a good pair of kitchen knives will run you upwards of three four hundred dollars really if that's what you want to get to and you can kind of get you can get the kitchen set from them with the knife sharpener so you don't even have to worry about really replacing those blades either for 160 bucks i'd say 169.99 right now and you know they're an american made um company based out of hawaii and you know i definitely i love raptor razors and i can't wait to get keep using them and i really I'm excited to just keep using them and not worry about sitting up there on the doors actually has a 20% off discount code. And what's that discount code? It is R R zero seven three two. That's R R zero seven three two. That's right. Per- you can go to our website and it's all right there for you. Perfect. And I also will be putting that discount code in the description of the podcast. So if you forget it or, you know, kind of spaced out on it and you want to go back and not want to listen to the whole episode again, just head on down to the description of the website and grab that code right there and get your 20% off Raptor Razor products. I mean, you definitely will not go back to a regular hunting knife, you know, that they have out in the field. Cause I mean, there's nothing worse than sitting out there, especially you got your big game animal, and you're just sitting out there, do half, cut half of it up, and there you are, right back to sharpening it up again. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing worse than you're halfway through it and you're all bloodied up from trying to field dress it, and you're sitting there trying to sharpen a knife too. Yeah, just adds a challenge on on top of something that's already a, a challenge. Or the worst, the worst I've ever had it was, I bought a brand new knife. It had a little gut hook on it. That was the first time I've ever had a gut hook on the knife. And I went to use it, and the blade came out the handle. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, goodness. I mean, I, yeah, you know, if you if you like guns with the knife, with the, I mean, not guns, I'm sorry. If, <laughs> if you like knives with the gut hook, the big game skinner from Raptor Razor, I mean, it has the gut hook, and that blade's not coming out, you know, and it comes in. You know, different colors. You can get an orange, yellow, and then you can also get, you know, some camouflage added onto it if you really want your knife to blend in. Yes, I'm not sure on the. That's on the um, mono blades. It looks like has the pink on it, but yeah, they do all different colors though. And you know, definitely check them out and definitely use that code if that is something that you are going to be looking forward to using. And just once again, I just want to point out that the D&D Outdoors is brought to you by Headline Outdoors, and you can visit them online at www.headlineoutdoors.com. You'll be able to watch every episode that you want of season one just wrapped up, correct? That's correct. Yes, sir. And what we're up to, you said we're almost up to a thousand views on all of our videos? Uh, two of them has already cleared a thousand views, and... The rest are just pumping on up with it. Perfect. The next one is 100 views away, like at 900 something. So, so let's push headline outdoors. Let's get those views up. Let's get them all above a thousand. 
before we start filming season two here, I guess, coming up in a month when the fun starts back up again, yeah? Yeah, it, maybe next month we hopefully we're going to get some fishing trips in. Yeah, where are you going fishing at? Uh, talking with two different guides, one for some catfish down in Hopewell, and hopefully I'll get to go back with Captain Kenny Short up there at Smith Mountain Lake for some striped bass. Perfect. And what, um, how long are your fishing trips usually? We only do about a four-hour deal. You're not out there too long. You're not getting baked in the sun. Uh, and Adam doesn't get that cranky. No, he enjoys. He actually enjoys the fishing part of that. At that point. Oh yeah, uh, I think eight hours would be just too much on the water. Yeah, yeah. Come back tired, sunburned, and miserable. At, I guess more is more or less <laughs> at that point. Yeah, I mean, and then you said you have, you know, last episode, youth season getting ready for Adam coming up at the end of September, too. That's correct. The last weekend of September will be youth season. Perfect. And then, yeah, you know, as I said, you know, we got over the counter. Um, deer starting here in Arizona, actually, in less than a month on the 21st of August. And, you know, I've just been out in the desert. We've been pounding it hard. You know, we get out there early in the morning to beat the heat. I mean, last week we got out there at five and I mean, we took my truck back into some questionable areas for the truck to be in. Definitely got a little rough on it, but I mean, we got way out in the desert. We saw at least one nice two by three and it was just a wide mule deer. And I'm really excited to hopefully get that on my wall at the opening morning there. Cause you know, the deer in the area, especially in this heat, they're, they're hard to find. But, you know, we sit out, we did our, we're doing our preseason sky. We're finding all the water holes that are out there. And hopefully, you know, all this preseason scouting comes into play and actually works to our favor. But, I mean, we're going out every other weekend, checking trail cameras, sitting up there glass in the hills and just finding new areas. And, I mean, we found, we have some maps, you know, like Onyx and all that good stuff where we, we're mapping out the water holes, but then just out driving the road and getting back and hiking, we actually found some unmapped water holes, which I'm really hoping pays off. Because, you know, the, the game game trails are just everywhere on there. Now, what is your weapon of choice? Ooh, that's a good question. So my weapon of choice, I mean, right now for I'm on a big bow kick. Because, um, you know, my last hunt before was a javelina bow hunt, and then this year – with the over-the-counter, all has to be bow for deer. Um, but I I would say bow, I like that a lot. I like kind of adding a little challenge to it, especially, you know, in the desert where things are more, more opened up that, you can, you know, I'm not really big on taking those four or 500-yard shots like some people are. I like to actually have more of a challenge when it comes to hunting and, you know, kind of try to get up close and close to it. Like the elk I got last year, was the longest shot I ever took with my weather bee, and I was at 350 yards. And I mean, it's fun. It still has adrenaline as it is, but I mean, definitely getting a good stock in and getting close up close to the um, animal makes it a little bit more rewarding. But what 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 would you say your weapon of choice is? Oh, uh, 
I enjoyed the old timey muzzle loader, the, the cap and ball deal. Yeah, I actually just got a muzzle loader. Um, I'm gonna try it out. Hopefully, get drawn for muzzle loader pig this year. Actually, they do have a ham hunt in Arizona, so it's handgun archery or muzzle loader, and I hope to get drawn for that and try to get a pig with a muzzle loader because yeah, that sounds like fun. What uh, type of muzzle loader do you have? Uh, I actually I bought it in a. Uh, it was on a discount rack at a gun shop. It was seventy five bucks. Oh, that's a good deal. Yeah, replaced the nipple in it, and I've killed. I've, the first deer I killed with it was a hundred and thirty inch deer, which was my biggest at the time. Well, it still is my biggest. Dang, that's a big deer. Ugh. That's. A, I mean, is that, is that big for um the whitetails out in your area? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say for the mule deers, I mean, in my area, I mean, probably you're pushing 100, 130, 140. And that's just because there's not this desert. So there's not as big as a food source and not water is very scarce, especially this time of the year. We're just hoping for rain to keep the water holes we found up and full of water. Because even this two week difference of going out two weeks ago than going out last week, and definitely the water holes have dropped significantly. In the amount of water they're holding. We, the, the bottom side of my property is a creek, so we really don't, I've, I've added a water hole, but yeah, we, don't, we don't have that big of an issue with it. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, I guess it works here, it works to advantage because, and disadvantage because the deer always have water. And like with us, you know, if we can find water hole, we know the deer will eventually come there. We just hope they're coming during the day, not middle of the night or early morning when we can get out there to see them, at least during legal shooting hours. That, yeah. What is um Adam shooting? He is better than I am with the bow. Yeah. He, he actually is pretty, pretty good. With, he wants to use a bow, but the bow he has is not powerful enough to do what we need to do. Uh, so we just been the the episode that, that was our first episode for Headline Outdoors aired. He was using my dad's hunting rifle, but most time, yeah, it's just a rifle of some sorts that he's using. Not much kick to it. Uh, my dad's rifle is a two forty three. Two forty three. Gotcha. Yeah, I shoot a three hundred Weather V, which. I mean, I need to start looking into get a newer gun, especially with me trying to get more into the coos rifle hunts. The 300 will just blow those coos deer right up. They're so small. <laughs> that is for sure. And, oh, go ahead. I grew up on the uh, 243 myself. I mean, I killed a hog with it. Uh, then I switched to like a 308. 308, and that's where you're shooting rifle now? I bounced back between that and the 243. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. And once again, you know, also the D&D Outdoors is brought to you by the Southwestern Outdoorsman. You can visit the Southwestern Outdoorsman online at www.southwesternoutdoorsman.com. On there, you know, you'll be able to find all different type of hunting and fishing gear, um, videos, and any of these podcasts also will be uploaded onto the Southwestern Outdoorsman website. So if you missed an episode, 
you can either get it on your playlist where you're listening to us now or head on over to the website and give it a listen. Thank you guys very much for listening to episode two with us. And we hope to have you back for episode three where we will be talking about food plots and the new product of the week. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook at oh. D&D Outdoors Podcast. Yes, and don't forget that either. Check us out on Facebook. Dustin's done a great job getting that up and running. And also you can find us – 